Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grounded Podcast. Today we're going to continue Matthew chapter 13 and talking about these parables that Matthew gives us that Jesus taught to the crowd so that we too in 2023 now, we can hear some of his teachings. And we've discussed in in the previous uh, podcast about the parable of the sower. And then we also talked about the parable in the last podcast about the wheat and the tares, also called uh, the wheat and the weeds. And for both of these parables... Jesus gave us the interpretation himself, so we we didn't have to try to figure out what he was talking about. Now, in today's podcast, we're going to take a look at a parable called the parable of the mustard seed. And and, and preachers like this parable because it it gives uh, gives them an opportunity to break out their little bottle of mustard seed. And they can pull out the mustard seed and show how small it is. And they can talk about the kingdom of God and how big the kingdom of God grows and all this stuff. So it gives them a good illustration, a good visual, if you will. But today in this podcast, we're going to go just a little bit deeper than a small seed that grows into a big tree. And the parable is found in Matthew 13, verses 31 and 32. Well, Matthew writes, here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree and birds come and make nests in its branches. So the focus of this parable, and I said this in the the previous podcast, but the focus of this parable along with, uh, I believe it's all the ones in Matthew uh, that he gives in chapter 13, the focus is the kingdom of God, which is the church. Because they start off the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is like. And then Jesus, he used something that people are familiar with to try to explain to them the kingdom of heaven. Um, remember, in, in the Old Testament, they were looking forward to the kingdom of God. While Jesus was walking the earth, he said the kingdom of God is here. Because it started with him dying on the cross and being resurrected. And then the apostles, when Jesus, uh, 40 days after his uh, resurrection, he ascends back to the Father, sits at the Father's right hand. The Holy Spirit comes down in Acts chapter 2, fills the apostles. Uh, Peter preaches to to the multitude. About 3,000 people are baptized into Jesus. They're filled with the Holy Spirit and the church begin, which is the kingdom of God. And it's still growing to this day, 2,000 years Later, And we're still awaiting for the harvest, which will be at the end of all things, uh, um, as we know it. Uh, it's the end of the world, as we know it. You're going to get a lot of songs in this in this podcast, by the way, because when I was writing the notes for this podcast, these songs just kept coming to my head. It made sense with this, with this teaching. Oh, man. Anyway, that's the way it is. But... Uh, here we are 2,000 years later, the kingdom is still growing, and we're still waiting for the harvest, which will uh, will be the end of all things as we know it, and there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And you can study these things for yourself, because today my emphasis, my emphasis in this podcast is the parable and the kingdom of God. But 
you you can read Second Peter chapter three. It's a great chapter to read on this subject because he explains it all, and he tells you everything that you need to know about what happens at Jesus's return. And Peter explains what we, as Christ followers, as workers of the farmer, should be focused on. Now, as I'm sitting here telling you in this podcast, and as I'm sitting here talking, and and, and I'm in my little studio here recording, I've never seen heaven. And I can guarantee you've never seen heaven. And we're not going to see heaven as long as we are alive on this earth we cannot physically see heaven with these eyes that we have we we just can't um now you may tell some fine chick or you may tell some fine guy that you've seen heaven when you looked at them how corny that is you know kind of like the song from 1987 that's right i go way back i'm 50 years old uh the song by belinda carlisle heaven is a place on earth Ooh, baby you know what it's worth We'll make heaven a place on earth. But, you know, that's not reality. Because the the honest truth is, beauty's going to fade. That's what James tells us. Uh, that beauty will someday fade. Feelings change. Like another song from 1987 by Expose. Seasons change. Feelings change. So I'm, I'm full of songs today. Or maybe you said something like this. When you've... you've climbed a mountain or you've driven to the top of a mountain and, and you're looking and you just see mountains for days i mean it's just mountains forever and the sun's shining and you know you got birds flying through there it's a beautiful painting if you will it's, it's a beautiful picture you're at a creek and 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 you're hearing the 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 roar of the mountain stream and and or the the bubbling of the brook you know and you're picnicking beside you and you say something like this oh this is heaven on earth Nah, no, it's not. It's not heaven on earth. We have not seen heaven, and we're not going to see heaven. We don't have any idea of what heaven is even going to be like because we won't know it until we get there is when we will know what heaven is like. All we have to go on is what Jesus said in the Bible about heaven and what the book of Revelation says about heaven and how uh, as it was revealing Jesus and in John's revelation he talks about heaven that that that's that's that, that's all we know we've never been to heaven I don't care what people tell you they've never been to heaven they, they, they they're they're lying they've never been to heaven they don't know what heaven's going to be like except for what it says in the word of God and how Jesus describes it and so Jesus takes things that people are familiar with and he tries to explain to them the kingdom of heaven that's why he is using parables so that we can try to get a a little bit of an understanding of what heaven is like of what being with God is like because heaven is where God resides and that's where we want to be that is our hope Paul talks about it all through his writings that that is our hope as following Christ. We look forward to uh, being with Jesus for eternity. And so Jesus, he says that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. A, a mustard seed is, is a small seed that when planted in the ground, it grows into a large tree and birds nest in it. 
So here's what Wikipedia says about the mustard seed. Mustard seeds are used as a spice in South Asia. The seeds are usually fried until they pop. The leaves are also stir-fried and eaten as a vegetable. Mustard oil is used for the body massage during extreme winters as it is uh, thought to keep the body warm. In South Asian cuisine, mustard oil or shorshire tail is the predominant cooking medium. That's what they use for cooking. Mustard seeds are also essential ingredients in spicy fish dishes like jahal and paturi. A variety of pickles consistently meaning of mangoes, red chili powder, and powdered mustard seed preserved in mustard oil are popular. Sounds pretty gross. In North America, mustard seeds are used in spices and condiments. Yellow mustard, I've told people, I just told somebody this the other day, it's called mustard for a very reason, for a reason. It smells like it says. Yellow mustard is popular and not with me. But yellow mustard is popular in the United States and is often used as a condiment in sandwiches and other dishes. Mustard seeds are first ground into a powder and then mixed with other ingredients to create this condiment. Roughly a thousand seeds are used in manufacturing just eight ounces of mustard. And then he talked, uh, Wikipedia is going to talk about the cultivation. It's pretty interesting. Mustard seeds generally take 8 to 10 days to germinate if placed under the proper conditions, which include a cold atmosphere and a relatively mo moist soil. Mature mustard plants grow into shrubs. Yellow mustard has a plant maturity of 85 to 90 days, whereas brown and oriental mustard have a plant maturity of 90 to 95 days. If the temperature conditions are conducted to growth, a mustard plant will begin to bud five weeks after the seedlings have appeared. The plant will reach full bloom seven to ten days later. Brown or oriental varieties of mustard tend to have higher yields compared to yellow mustard. Seed yield is also related to the bloom period. In other words, the longer the bloom period, the greater the seed yield. Mustard grows well in temperate regions. Major producers of mustard seeds include India, Pakistan, Canada, Nepal, Hungary, Great Britain, and the United States. Brown and black mustard seeds return higher yields than their yellow counterparts. In Pakistan, rapeseed mustard is the second most important source of oil after cotton. It is cultivated over an area of 307,000 hectares with an annual production of 233,000 tones, and it contributes about 17% to the domestic production of edible oil. Mustard seeds are a rich source of oil and protein. The seed, the seed has oil as high as 46 to 48%, and the whole seed meal has 43.6% protein. Mustard seeds are the small round seeds of various mustard plants. The seeds are usually about one to two millimeters in diameter and may be colored from yellowish white to black. They are an important spice in many regional foods and may come from one of three different plants, black mustard, brown mustard, and white mustard. The plant referred to in the parable that, that I'm sharing with you today, the mustard seed, the parable of the mustard seed, is considered to be black mustard, which can grow as nine feet tall. Now what could the kingdom of heaven have to do with a tiny seed that grows into a nine foot tall tree in a field that birds build nests in? That's what we're going to talk about. The mustard seed itself, it's very small. I wish I had one with me that I could show you. But it's very small. It, it, it seems 
insignificant to a lot of people, to most people. But once that mustard seed is planted, it grows into something tall. And this tall plant or this tree, it stands out above everything else in the field and it has many uses. As Jesus says, so birds can come and build a nest. What happens to something small? Something that maybe is not or seems to be not insignificant or it seems not to be significant. Something we would call insignificant. What happens to something that is insignificant? It gets lost, right? It gets dropped. It, it gets overlooked. It gets picked over. It gets left behind. It eventually is forgotten. Think about it. If you're a farmer and you're loading your tractor with seed or you, you're, you're going to plant grass seed and you spill some of your seed as you're loading it into the hopper that you're going to walk around or wheel it around and, and sow your seed, how many farmers have dropped some seed and bothered to pick up every single seed that they dropped. It's not going to happen because it's a waste of time. They can go on about their business and plant the seed that they have available. Think about this in another way. How many times have you been working on something that involved uh, needing a bolt and a nut and the bolt is small and the, the nut is very small. And you say you're working on a car and you drop the nut down into the engine. I mean, what are you going to do? You can't get to it. It's hard to find. It's small. It's, it's dropped into a very tight crevice that you can't reach. So what do you do? You're going to go get another one. Now, you may spend a few seconds, maybe a minute, looking for the nut that you dropped, but... Generally, you just go get another nut and you use it while forgetting all about that small nut that you drop down in the engine or whatever you're working on. And you forget all about it. The mustard seed is small and to many it seems in insignificant. They can live without it. I certainly can. I don't eat mustard. I don't care anything about mustard. I don't care anything about mustard seed. It's, it's an insignificant seed to me. So I can live without it. A lot of people can live without it. But what people like me don't realize is that mustard seed has great potential. And it has a lot of uses. And, and what I've already read to you, that's why I read the article uh, from uh, Wikipedia with all of its uses. The mustard seed, it may seem insignificant to many people, including myself, but once it's planted, it's not so insignificant. It's very significant. The, but the mustard seed, in order to grow, and this is very elementary, I know, but the mustard seed, in order to grow, has to be planted in the ground. And when it's planted in the ground and it's watered, and over time, that that seed germinates and it begins to sprout. And after it sprouts, it begins to grow. And it can grow into a tree up to nine feet tall. And that nine, that nine foot tall tree, Jesus says, stands out above everything else in the field. Now, we already know from studying other parables in Matthew 13 that the field is the world 
And Jesus himself says that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. And as I just said, seed only grows when it's planted in soil. And I can prove to you, I, I, I wish I, I should have went and found it. I, it's boxed up in all my, my church stuff when I used to have an office at a church building. I used to keep this bottle of mustard seed out, but I still have it somewhere. But I guarantee you, I could go, and I've had that bottle of mustard seed for 15, 20 years at least. Um, and I could go and dig out that bottle of mustard seed from the boxes in my garage and I could bring that bottle of mustard seed and show it to you in front of this camera as I'm speaking. And you would see a closed bottle of mustard seed and not one seed out of the 50 to 100 seed that is in that small bottle, that little container, not one seed has sprouted. Why? Because it's still in the bottle. I've never taken any of those seeds and planted them in soil, nor nor have I watered them. I, I haven't nourished them. I just left them in the bottle and I use them for sermon illustrations. And not one seed has sprouted and grown into a tree because I never planted them in soil and I never watered any of those seeds. Seed has to be planted in soil. It has to have water and it has to have time in order to grow. Now, I, I, like I said, I know this sounds like a simple concept, and it is a simple concept, but think about it. There's a lot of people, a lot of people in the past and now who have heard about the kingdom of God, and to them, it's like me and the mustard seed. I don't care anything about mustard seed. I don't eat mustard. I don't care what they do with mustard seed. I don't use any oils I don't do anything with mustard seed except every now and then use it for a sermon illustration. And and I didn't even care about it enough to get it out to show you in this in this podcast and in this video. And that's the way a lot of people think about the kingdom of God. It's it's insignificant. It does not matter. They don't see any worth. They don't see any potential in the kingdom of God and following Jesus in the mustard seed, which is the kingdom of of God. It's like the seed that fell on the rocky soil. They you know it was used for bird food, Jesus says in the parable of the sower. The seed or the word of God it, it's sown into people's hearts, but for 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 a lot of people, and I mean because Jesus says that uh, there's few people that find it. There are few people that hear the message and receive it. They hear the message and it's planted into their hearts. But like when it falls on this rocky soil that's found in the parable of the sower that Jesus told, it was used for bird food. But as Jesus said, this seed of the word of God who was sown into people's hearts before it had time to germinate and take root, the evil one comes along and snatches it away. And see, the problem is not the seed. And that's what I said when we talked about the parable of the sower. The problem is not the seed. The problem is our hearts. We're the problems. Not, not God, not Jesus, not, not the Word of God. The, the Word of God always takes care of business. Share with this in just a podcast two ago that the, the Word of God, it, as God says in the Old Testament, it, goes, it doesn't go forth void. It always brings back fruit. It does what it's supposed to do. The problem is our hearts. The, the, we're shared, people share Jesus 
with us about the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. They tell us that, that our sins can be washed away. But before it has time to germinate and take root, the enemy comes, Satan comes along and, and snatches that seed away. And there are tons of people who hear this message about Jesus and what he did for them and how he died for their sins, but they don't think anything of it. It happened all the time when Jesus was walking the earth. Jesus was right there in those people's faces. They heard his teachings. They saw the miracles for themselves. But yet over and over and over again, they rejected Jesus. That's why they crucified him. It happened all the time when the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 and, and they were preaching and, and people rejected their message even though they could see the miracles. They, they could see the difference that Jesus was making in people's lives and they still rejected the message. In Acts chapter 2 when Peter, uh, pre, they, they, everybody thinks the apostles are drunk and Peter says, look man, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. We wouldn't be drunk if we were drinking. We wouldn't be drinking this early. And he says, but this was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And he goes on to explain about how this is the Holy Spirit and, and how the Holy Spirit's working through them. And he begins to preach Jesus and Jesus, how the, the Jews have crucified Jesus, how they re rejected their Messiah. And God has raised him up from the dead. And he is now sitting at the, the right hand of the Father. And, and in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, it says they were pierced in their heart. And those that gladly received Peter's word were baptized. They were obedient. They were baptized in water. And they come up out of that water and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It's Acts chapter 2, verse 37 through 41, 42. And, 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 and Luke says there's about 3,000 people that were obedient, that, that received, gladly received Peter's message and were obedient. But you know what? There were thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people there that day because it was the, the Feast of Pentecost and they were there to give their first fruits to God. That's why God timed it this way. And we think 3,000 was a lot of people, but it really wasn't for as many people had heard the message that day. But my point is, thousands upon thousands upon thousands heard the message of Jesus and how he died for their sins and how they have rejected him and God had raised them up and they have an opportunity to, to repent. And they asked Peter the question, what do we got to do? And Peter tells them, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, because they thought Jesus was a blasphemer. They, they wouldn't even mention the name of Jesus because they thought they would be blaspheming if they did. And Peter says, look, you've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus because he's the one who died to take your place on the cross. He died for your sins. And if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and you want to walk with Jesus and you want to get to heaven... It doesn't matter if you're a child of Abraham. It doesn't matter if you are a Jew. You've got to be washing the blood of Jesus. And so those that received that message and was obedient, they, they, they reaped the benefits. But there were thousands upon thousands who heard that message, but they didn't receive it. It meant nothing to them. Kind of like me and the mustard seed. I don't do mustard. I don't like mustard at all. I don't, I've never, I don't care anything about what people use mustard seed for. It's, it's insignificant. And that's the way a lot of people treat Jesus even today. It happened when Jesus was here. It happened when the disciples were here. And it still happens today that people continue to reject the message of Jesus. So does that mean that we, we just keep the seed in the bottle and, and don't plant the seed? Because the soil is the world. And, and we're the workers and, and we're supposed to go out into the world and, and, and plant seed to water seed. 
right? We're supposed to tell people about Jesus. So, you know, if people are going to reject us, the, the message, does that mean that, that we just don't even try and we just keep the seed in the bottle? We don't plant the, the, the mustard seed? No, absolutely not. We work, we plant, we water. And whose job is it to bring the increase? Not ours. It's God's, it's God's responsibility to bring the increase. As I said in the last podcast, we are not responsible for the harvest. That's God's responsibility. That's Jesus' responsibility. And he will send the angels when it's time. When the end of time comes, he will send the angels, as Jesus said. We talked about this in the last podcast. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. Um, but it, it's God's responsibility for the harvest. It's our responsibility to work and sow the seed. I used to be a member of, of a, a certain church, and uh, we sang this hymn called "Sowing the Seed of the Kingdom." And the first verse in, in the in the first chorus, it goes like this. Are you sowing the seed of the kingdom, brother, in the morning bright and fair? Are you sowing the seed of the kingdom, brother, in the heat of the noonday's glare? For the harvest time is coming on, and the reaper's work will soon be done. Will your sheaves be many? Will you garner any for the gathering at the harvest home? In other words, are you keeping the seed of the kingdom, the message of the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, are you keeping the seed in the bottle? Or are you telling people about Jesus and his saving grace? Which brings up another point talking about or taking about about taking seed out of the bottle and planting it in the soil. Hey, you can't pick which soil you sow seed into. You cannot pick and choose the soil. You cannot decide who gets to hear about Jesus and who does not. It's not that's not up to us. Everybody. The Bible says over and over again, whosoever will Whosoever will. Jesus died for everybody. No matter what color of skin they have. No matter what nationality they are. No matter where they're from. It doesn't matter if they're where they are on the social ladder. It doesn't matter if they're rich, poor, old, or young. Boy or girl. Man, woman. You know, grandma, grandpa. Aunt, aunt. It does not matter. Healthy, sick. It does not matter. Look at Jesus. Who did Jesus minister to? Everybody. The rich and the poor. The old and the young. The healthy and the sick. Matter of fact, he even said, it's not the, the people who are well who need a physician, but those that are sick. You know what? We're all sick. Every single person besides Jesus. He's the only one who was without sin. And he was without sin because he had to be our sacrifice. And, and, and that lamb had to be a perfect lamb without blemish. And that was Jesus, God's son. And he became our Passover lamb. Everybody else that's not Jesus, guess what? Romans 3.23, we're all sinners separated from God because of our sin. And because of Jesus and his blood that he has shed, he has reconciled us back to God if we receive the message 
And that's the thing. We, 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 we have to share the message of Jesus. We have to take the seed and plant it in soil. And we don't get to choose what soil we uh, plant our seed in. Your field, your soul that you plant seed in, they are the people that you work with every day. They're the people that you go to school with on a daily basis. It's people that you see every day. In the, like when you go shopping or what, wherever, it's people, you know, you get your hair done, you go to the barber shop, you go to the beauty shop, wherever you go, it's people that you get to, at the, at the local restaurants, people that you get to know on a daily basis. That is your seed. I mean, that, that is your, your soul to plant the seed of Jesus in and, and and we have to see people as Jesus sees people and Jesus saw people as someone who was lost without a shepherd someone who has a soul that is separated from God because of their sin and they need a savior they need Jesus and it's up to us to tell them it's up to us to plant the seed and that's what Paul says I believe it's in Romans he talks about how can they hear unless somebody tells them and how are they going to hear unless you tell them? You know, we all that, that we always want somebody else to do our job, and it's not some. If we wait for somebody else to do it, it's never going to get done. God has given us the responsibility to work for Him, and our work, as we talked about in the last podcast, our main job, our one job, is to share Jesus, to give people the hope, to know that they can have their sins washed away that their sins can be forgiven and that they could be filled with the Holy Spirit and they can walk with Jesus on a daily basis to know that when they take their last breath, they take their first breath into eternity and they're going to spend it with Jesus. Why would we not want people to go to heaven? We have to take the seed out of the bottle and plant it in the soil. And when that tiny mustard seed, which is the kingdom of God, is planted, it grows into a tall plant or a tree and the birds use it to build nests in it. And in his parable, Jesus says that the mustard seed is planted in a field and it grows taller than anything, any other thing in that field. In other words, it stands out above all else. Now, I told you I'm full of songs in this podcast. And there's a song called Above All Else. And it's by uh, Vicki Beeching. Um, I forget who it's actually sung by. But it, here's the lyrics. It says, Above All Else. Above all else, uh, Jesus culture, I believe, is who sings it. But it goes, above all else, above all else, Jesus, give me yourself, Savior. The more that I see your beauty, the more that I glimpse your glory, my heart is captured by you. Jesus, you are my greatest treasure. Nothing this world can offer could ever compare to you. So hear my heart's cry and my prayer for this life. In other words, when this person found or finds Jesus. Somebody has planted seed in their soul and they have come to Jesus and their sins have been washed away. Jesus has grown. Their faith has grown in this tall plant and Jesus stands out above all else. And 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 it's the greatest thing that's ever come into their life. And it's and and so this mustard seed or the kingdom of God, it's planted in someone's heart and that seed germinates and it grows. It, it literally becomes the greatest thing in that person's life. Everybody deserves that opportunity. 
everybody. Jesus stands out among everything else in that person's life when they accept Jesus. Jesus becomes then the focal point of their life, and hopefully he stays there. But at least in the beginning, Jesus is the most important thing in that person's life. And that's why we say, oh, they're on fire for Jesus, right? We can see the excitement in that person's life when they first come to Jesus. This seed that was once insignificant to some is now also accepted by many. And it's very significant and it's useful And as the seed grows into this tall plant or this tree, as Jesus says in this field, it becomes useful because Jesus said it provides a nest for the birds. Think about this. What do birds use a nest for? Isn't it their home? Isn't it where they lay their eggs and and have babies, which means it's a place that they feel safe. But also, a bird's nest is where a bird comes to rest what did jesus say about rest matthew eleven twenty eight. come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you what rest if we belong to the kingdom of god we have the place where people can find rest and that's jesus we don't grow into a tree that stands out in a field so that we can show off ourselves We grow into this tall tree that stands out above everything else so that people will see Jesus. And when Jesus stands out, and when people can see Him, they're drawn to Him. When we use our talents and our abilities that God has given us to show people Jesus, they will be attracted to Jesus, not us. We can't give people rest. We can't save anybody from their sins, but Jesus can and Jesus will. But we have to plant the seed of the kingdom in their hearts so that he can. So here's what I'm going to end with today. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. It's not about you. It's about the kingdom of God. It's not about you. You are insignificant without Jesus. But when you and I When we make Jesus the priority of our lives and everything that we do revolves around Him. And when we allow Jesus to work in us and through us, you know what? He stands out above all else. And when He stands out above all else, people are going to be attracted to Him. John 12, 32, Jesus says, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. That's already happened. That was on the cross. Now he's ascended to the Father. He's way away from the earth. And when we allow Jesus to use us, and people are attracted to Jesus through us, guess what? People will come to Jesus and build a nest. They will make their home with him. They will abide in him. They will find rest. And you know what? Here's another thing. They will produce offspring. They will produce fruit. Because they too will turn into a tall tree For others to see Jesus through them. So the question I'm going to end with this. This podcast is this. Are you sowing the seed of the kingdom brother? Are you sowing the the seed of the kingdom sister? It's all that matters. Is that we give people the opportunity to accept or reject Jesus.
God bless you. Thank you for listening today. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.